talking money today. Money, money, money here at Intentional Living as uh, we're heading toward the end of the year. I told Stephen we got to talk about how to be intentional with your finances as you wrap up 2023 and look to this new year. Because I know, I know, we read the statistics. Uh, families, couples are struggling uh, to manage money in this high inflation time and craziness of our culture and the world we're facing. We've got a money expert, a, fi- a financial coach joining us in a moment, Parky Thompson, that you know has been with us before. We're going to get into your questions. If you have a question, you say, I just have always been wanting to ask somebody a question to see if I can get some perspective on money and how to do this intentionally that, that pleases Christ. You can give us a call at 888 Dr. Randy here, talking money today from Intentional Living. Dr. Randy, my name is Terry, and the roadblock in my marriage is money. My husband and I have very different views on how to handle it, and I need some tips, I guess. He's free spending, living paycheck to paycheck all the time. Somehow the Lord gets us through. I am not that kind of spender and would rather have a little money left over at the end of the month for shoes or something for the kids or, you know, different things that we need in the future. Anyway, I would like some tips. Thanks. Getting on the same page in marriage, that is, well, that's critical. I mean, let's face it. We talk about being on the same page. How can two walk together unless they're in agreement? And money is a huge topic when it comes to marriage. We're here live today. Love to talk to you. Maybe uh, you have a question. You want to join us, something you'd like a perspective on from a financial coach, and we have him here today. Parky Thompson joins me uh, on Facebook as well. So our Facebook friends, you can look in and join us uh, on the radio or through our podcast, uh, 888-888-1717. How you doing, Parky? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me today. Uh, you heard the opening uh, shot there of a, a dear listener saying, we're just not on the same page. My husband and I, we just don't agree with money. Uh, that's a big issue. Do you hear a lot of that in your coaching work? And I believe her name was Carrie, if I heard that correctly. Yes. Carrie's just a picture of a lot of couples today. Uh, that's exactly what's going on. And, you know, one of the big things that that I hear in that is the lack of communication and how we work together, how we meet each other's needs here, which may mean that we need to dig a little bit deeper than just the management of money, but also looking at some counseling, some godly counseling to get those two on the same page, but communicating what our Really, our goals and desires are with that. Carrie's probably got her goals. Her husband has his goals. What are our joint goals together? How do we work together to manage that with ourselves and, and really grow with what we've been able to earn? As she mentioned, God has blessed them. But how much more could he bless if we get on the same page together? Yeah. Let me ask this. If I if I came in to you, my, let's say my wife, Don, and I came in, and we were having some issues, and, and you were doing some coaching with us about finance What's, what kind of steps do you take people through to help them start to think about the importance of this topic for their marriage and their family? You know, one of the biggest things that I work with is that goal setting, uh, really, because most of us are doing the things that we, we don't necessarily want to do or don't intend to do, don't consciously do, because we don't have a target that we're aiming for. And I think it was Ben Franklin and Zig Ziglar and so many others have said this. If, if you don't have a target to, to hit, you'll hit it every time. Mm-hmm. And, and the point is, we've got to have those goals in front of us. And you said it in the program. We have to be intentional. 
And that's part of that goal setting as well, to simply say every dollar that we're bringing in, we need to identify where it's going. Having those goals as a couple, when I would come in, when you become in the office, having those goals, identifying those, and let's begin to lay out a, a game plan to be able to do what we need to do in a certain time frame, making those smart goals with a time aspect on, on that as well. And then looking at where we are spending and how do we build a budget together? Not one of us, not individually, but how do we build a budget together that we can hold each other accountable towards to be able to meet those goals, not only in the short term, but in the long term as well. What percentage of people that you deal with do you think actually follow through long term and, and have a transformation in terms of how they handle money? You know, and I, I've been asked that before. What is your success rate here? And it really boils down to how bad do you want it? Mm-hmm. And, and I will tell you, I'm just going to speak personally now to answer that question. For years, I knew that we were broke, but I was unwilling to make the choices that needed to be made to turn this thing around and move it in another direction. In fact, my wife kept telling me, we've got to stop living the way that we've been living. And, and the truth is, when uh, when the shot got fired over my bout, the tr- I, I got laid off. We decided on a Saturday, we're going to make a change in our lives. And we decided that in the past. But on Monday, I got laid off from my position. So now I had to get into that. We had to get into that. It's one of those things where you hit rock bottom. And I think it really depends to answer your question, how hard people hit rock bottom. I try to try to catch them before they hit rock bottom and make those changes. But a lot of times they have to hit that before they'll turn around and make it successful. We're talking money today. Parky Thompson here. We're live uh, on the air. Uh, I'd love to have you join in our conversation from around the country at 888-888-1717. We'll get you on. Maybe you have a question, comment, something you've learned about money. Or maybe you just have a one of these little questions just saying, hey, I just, I've been wondering what people, someone who knows more about money than I do, what would they think? I'd love to join in because we believe and we've seen people who choose to be intentional in this area one of the five essential areas of life, uh, it can be transformational. For marriages, number one issue, counselors will tell you, marriage, money issues, priorities about things, uh, because things are so important in our culture. Uh, and so how do we manage these things, money and other things that come through our, our hands? 888-888-1717 is the number, 888-888-1717. Let's get to some of the questions that have been left on our uh, question line for you today, uh, Talking Money with Parky Thompson. Hello, I would like to ask Dr. Carlson his views and opinions on married couples having separate bank accounts in order that each person has their own spending without being accountable to their spouse. Thank you. Well, I, I can just give you my two cents, and then you're, you give you you can get a dollar's worth there, Parky. But my two cents is that uh, <laughs> I was fine with the question up to two bank accounts until she said, "So we don't have to be accountable to each other." I don't care how many bank accounts you have; you can have forty-two if that makes you happy. It doesn't make any sense, but if you're not accountable to each other, that really violates all sorts of good uh, management of marriage and certainly biblical principles. What do, What do you add to that, uh, Parky? And I would I would emphasize that multiple times. I mean, what you're saying there, when you look at it, a married couple, they've come together to be one and they're one in so many areas. All right. And we won't get into the specifics, but they eat together. They sleep together. They travel together. They do this. But when it comes to money management, 
We want to do things separate. Mm-hmm. What has been my experience over the years is when you've got that, there's some things going on on the other side that they don't want somebody to see. She brought in the word accountability, but what are you actually hiding here that you don't want somebody seeing? It goes back again to those goals that we were talking about. So many ways that you could unpack that. But the truth is, we need to be working together. We are stronger together. God put us together. We're stronger together than we are independently. And, and you can go back to marriage vows and, and all that stuff that's said there as well. Together uh, until the day that you know death separates us. We need to be together. And he doesn't distinguish from finances from being from anything else. And, and that's where I work with, with couples and especially young couples because they've got all of their lives together. And you've already alluded to it. The number one, number two reason for divorce, according to studies that have been done by major study groups, has been money management. And uh, if we can fix that, we can fix a lot of marriages. Benchmarks. I'd be interested, and we're going to ask, and and, uh, the question is, are there benchmarks for age? I mean, where should a 30-year-old couple be? Where should a 40-year-old couple be? Uh, Some general guidelines. I know every couple has different uh, economies to deal with, but in general, where should we be at different stages in our married life, uh, right up until retirement, including going into retirement. Uh, we'll come back to that in just a moment. You're welcome to join us. You have a question, uh, comment on something you hear, I'd love to have you join the discussion. 888-888-1717. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. Now, we know what a habit is. A habit is something that we do without thinking. And according to research, about 40% of what we do every day is habitual. We don't think about it. It's like riding a bike. It's something you can do without really thinking about. Habits. You know, we're talking about being intentional in our lives uh, and the importance of our own personal lives, and habits are a big part of that. Our habits will make or break us. 40% of what we do in a day is habitual, including your spending. Come on now. Some of you are overspending online. You know that, or credit cards. Uh, they add up quickly. I was looking the other day because my wife and I, we determined a long time ago, if we use a credit card, if we cannot pay it off at the end of the month, we're not going to use the credit card, period. So I didn't even know what the interest rate was. I looked it up and I was stunned. If we did pay interest rates, it was near 25%. Does that make sense, Sparky? I mean, these are huge numbers. Uh, I don't know how you ever get out of that cycle unless you just determine you're getting out of that cycle and and uh, choose not to use the cards again. Most people do not have a clue. They don't. And I mean, no disrespect, but they're not taught about money management or debt management. You're talking about when you and your wife decide to do, we're not going to buy it on a credit card if we can't pay it off. That's what I would call being intentional. Most people don't look at it that way. I'm sitting here laughing, listening to your story, because I had a young man in my office, a young man who was in his 30s. This is probably four or five years ago, who was a medical doctor, single guy. And he brought in one of his credit card statements that he had racked up a bunch of debt on several credit cards, but he brought in this one, this one statement and asked me this question, what does APR mean? (laughs) And I'm thinking, if you're a medical doctor, much smarter than I am, 
and you don't know what APR means and what effect it has on your monthly finances and even that specific credit card bill, think about how many other hundreds of thousands of millions of people that don't. And that's where these financial companies are making a bunch of money. And, and the point is, e even with what you're talking about, as you and your wife, Dr. Carlson, you do that, most people can't handle that. Right. I encourage people to get rid of the credit yeah, cards. I agree. And to the extent that they can, get rid of the debit cards. Mm -hmm. Most people are not that intentional and they will they will mess you up financially. Mm -hmm. Even with your debit card, you're paying with money coming out of your checking account. And as you spend on things that you want, quite often that could be part of the rent or house payment or the utilities or the car payment or you go sometimes food. And so now what are you forced to do to pay for those things? We're back to a credit card to be able to take care of those back to adding on more debt in our lives simply because we didn't manage what we've got. Use cash. Cash will show you exactly how much, according to your budget, and what you've got, right. how much money you've got left and how do you manage it as you go through the month. I encourage people to get two draws, at least two draws on that cash each month. So if you mess up in the first half of the month, at least you can eat for the rest of the month uh, and making sure you got enough cash to do that. But cash will help you really manage yourself and each other to stay within the plan that you've created. I agree. Uh, the question on benchmarks, before we do that, we got a lot of people scratching their heads saying they're embarrassed. What does APR mean? I, I know, but tell everybody, <laughs> what does APR mean and why they sh should know what that number represents? It's an annual percentage rate. Right. You and I were talking before we got on this, on this uh, session today about interest that people are earning in CDs and savings accounts. This is just the opposite. It's what you're paying to use their money. And typically that I've seen them as high as 32, 33% with some clients, but typically it pains me to say this, but a good rate today's terms is about 13 or 14%. And that's what they're charging you on every dollar that you are leaving on a monthly basis on their account that you're paying for. I always looked at it as I'm paying twice. I'm paying when I buy the product and I'm paying as I continue to pay this thing off. And if you really look at it, maybe even more than twice, this stuff has cost you much more. If you really sit down and look at it, and if you were managing that out, look at your statement. Those things now are supposed to be since 2010, uh, a different font and bold print and so forth. It's showing you how long it's going to mm -hmm. take you to pay off the debt that you currently have. And when you're looking at paying it off, if you pay by the minimum payments, how much it's going to actually cost you. It's crazy, especially when you look at the McDonald's and, and the vacations and all those mm -hmm. things you've done putting on the credit cards. It's costing you multiple times. So your Big Mac is a big costing you a lot. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. Literally. All right. Uh, uh, we're talking, before we get to some more questions, by the way, the phone line continues to be open. I'd love to have you just uh, join in and be a part of this uh, with our financial discussion. As a follower of Christ, this is a big deal. How do you handle this? What have you learned? What's... One thing that uh, you've decided, not only about credit cards, but about money. Maybe you have a question, uh, we can help each other at 888-888-1717. Ideally, and I know this is just a, sort of a big picture view, but I do, do you have benchmarks when a 40-year-old couple come in or a 60-year-old couple or a 20-year-old couple, kind of where they should be financially overall in their life at that point in their lives? Are there some benchmarks? You know, I, I wouldn't say that I've got benchmarks, but typically the calls that I get from potential clients are between the age 45 and 65, because what they've begun to see starting at age 45 and in that window is retirement's coming at me rapidly. 
And what have we done? How are we prepared for this? And I put a blog post out several years ago about how long is your runway? Because you're going to land this thing at, at retirement time. And how long do you have to land this thing? So when it looks at stages, I'm looking at young couples and, again, trying to keep them out of debt or managing and, and eliminating the debt that they've got. So as they enter into that 35 to 45 to 55 window, that 35 to 55 window, they're earning the most income that they typically will earn in their income producing years. And being in a position to where we're not servicing that debt that we just talked about, but we're in a position to where we're winding down paying for a house and being able to put as much money as we can in the appropriate investments to prepare us for retirement in the future. And so I wouldn't necessarily call it a stage because everybody is going to be different. You know, I'm dealing with people now that have tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt, you know, huge house payments. Mm -hmm. I, I'm talking with people with $2,500 to $3,500 house payments. My largest house payment ever was $785. <laughs> and uh, and I'm not that old, all right? And and when we got out of the, the, the consumer debt, we were in a position to make two and three house payments a month to be able to knock that out. We just celebrated our 16th year of being totally debt-free. My wife was debt-free before she was 40. And so the point is working with people, not necessarily in a stage, but finding where they're at to get this stuff taken care of and addressed. So as you enter those higher income producing years, you'll be in a position to build wealth with that. All right. We're going to talk about uh, housing, rent versus uh, going into debt. Interest rates are high, maybe coming down. We don't know, but it's uh, house prices are just crazy right now in, in many areas of the country. And then uh, is it better to, to rent? What, what's your philosophy? We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, and right after the break, we're going to take here in a moment. We have a wife who just discovered or discovered that her husband secretly on his own without her knowledge had a, had a credit card, talking about credit cards, and ran up a $100,000 debt for the family. Sometimes setting goals is a struggle, but without goals, your life can easily get off course. In Dr. Randy's teaching, Intentional Living in Your Personal Life, you'll learn about the five essential areas of life and how setting goals and establishing healthy habits can get you back on track. If you missed your chance to give during our year-end fundraiser, you can give now and have your gift matched and doubled by generous friends of the ministry. And when you give, we'll automatically give you this month's exclusive teaching and other intentional living tools directly to your inbox. So don't miss your chance to have your gift matched. Give right now and you'll also receive the Year of Prayer and Purpose calendar, each month featuring listener stories, a prayer from scripture, and practical ways you can activate your faith. Your monthly support helps you live an intentional life for Christ. Call 888-888-1717 now or visit TheIntentionalLife.com. That's TheIntentionalLife.com. You know, one of the things we uh, talk about and teach here at Intentional Living is what we call 101080. That's sort of the formula, really basic, practical, life-changing formula. Tithing 10%, learning to save at least 10%. Set that aside. On an ongoing basis, if you're older, closer to retirement, may have to increase that a little bit um, or quite a bit to be able to save enough. And then learning to live on on the remainder. You know, it's no matter how much you make, I've been around a long time, dealt with a lot of people. I've been around millionaires who make a million dollars and they're broke. I've been around people who make very little and they're doing fine because it's an attitude. So it's not just the number. People say, well, if I just made another 50000 a year, I'd be all set. Mm, probably not. If your attitude on spending money isn't good, you're going to just spend it bigger. You're just going to live at a higher level. 
and as opposed to learning to be intentional. That's our passion. That's why we're here. We get into trouble when we don't do that. And uh, you're welcome to join us. I know this is a topic that affects a lot of people. You're not alone. We get lots of calls and comments on money. It's a big part of what we teach and help and encourage here at Intentional Living. You're welcome to call with a question for uh, financial coach uh, Parky Thompson here at Intentional Living, or uh, maybe you have a comment, 888 because if you don't handle things correctly in your marriage, this can happen. This is Karen. We, my husband and I, thought everything was going fine until one day I found out that he had been having his own credit cards and we were $100,000 in debt. And so he had been lying to me for a couple of years and we had no idea. And because I do love him and my trust in God, and still my trust in him, even though our world was rocked, I decided to intentionally, intentionally love him. And we are working things out by the grace of God. Thank you for being there. Well, Karen, you're a loving wife, because that's not always the way it works. Sometimes uh, it gets pretty ugly when uh, they come into a counseling office and you find out you've been lied to about anything, but including money, money, which is a big deal, because now the family has got to figure out how to pay this off. Do, do you hear this kind of thing of uh, people not being honest with each other, Parky? Is that happen in, in the marriages? Is, is this a, a common issue? Very common. Uh, not always a hundred thousand uh, dollars in in credit card debt, and you know when, when I heard what she said there, we thought everything was going well, mm. and, and maybe we did, she did, and he <laughs> knew that wasn't the case. I, I call that financial infidelity, and it's very mm, common, wow. and it, it's no different than physical infidelity, whatever. That there's there's a path there, and, and what I really enjoyed hearing her say, and I hope he's saying the same thing is we have decided to be intentional about our marriage. And, and I think that's the best thing in the world. We, we all make mistakes. I'm not going to share with you my mistakes. And I don't think you'll share with me yours. We all have those problems, but when there's somebody else involved, that's when you've got a bigger problem in this particular case. I hope they're going down the right path of getting the right biblical marital counseling to be able to get through this. But at the same time, they've got a financial situation to deal with. And so I think together they've got to work to this. I, I, I would tell her, I don't think you can just throw this back on him. You started it. You take care of it because it's just going to make it worse. But how do we work on this together to be able to fix this? And clearly prayer has got to be part of this and asking God to intervene in our marriage here, even in the financial piece of our marriage. Help us to where we both become accountable and then really look and see what can we do really to start over, to fix this situation, be able to grow together, together, marital and financially, and what you grow from there. I do believe, I do believe, and I've seen it. I've seen situations where God can intervene and change people's lives, and they can in this situation as well. But it's going to take both of them working together to do that. Well, you're a financial coach. I know you've helped a lot of people all around the country online and in person, uh, Parkey. What, what, what do you say to a where, where do you begin? You talked about goal setting, but what are some of the steps that a couple need to take to get their act back together so they can find financial freedom uh, and not the bondage that so many people find themselves. What are some specific things they need to be doing? Well, one of the things I help them do is, is be together as one. And keep in mind, we're talking about couples, but this can, this is a situation with young people as well, or single people. I shouldn't mm -hmm. single out young, young people, but single people as well. Uh, and, and really 
becoming accountable to one another. Uh, you know, in my case, it's a, it's, it's kind of funny as well, but everything that comes into my business and everything that goes out of my business, my bookkeeper does. And she knows that. And I just happen to be married to her. All right. I can't even <laughs> hide anything in my business all right, from her without her knowing something about it. Uh, and, and to me, that's a level of accountability, even though it's my business and all she does is the bookkeeping side of it. Uh, but together, we ought to be managing. I, I think the first step when it comes to that spending is we need to sit down together, husband and wife, single person, and somebody's going to hold them accountable and really look and see where are we spending our money at? I, I had a couple, this just started with a couple of days ago and going through a budget with them. And, and in this budget, we were doing a budget for the second half of the month simply because the first half is already gone, but they've got paychecks for both of them that have just vanished and they can't tell you where they're at. Uh, and, and that's really what it comes down to. Let's get together. Let's see where this money's going because now that we see it, now we can begin to adjust to it and being accountable to it, accountable to a budget that we would build together and holding each other accountable. And I'm, I'm not talking about beating each other up. But again, the communication piece, understanding one another, understanding what gets our goat, understanding what helps us to love our, our spouse even more, really working together to, to realize this is very important to both of us and let's together work forward, move forward with it. Well, I got about a minute left of what, from a standpoint of being intentional, where, where does our faith fit into this and our biblical understanding of God's intention for money? Well, I, I think God has given us all a free spirit. We've got it. But he also commands us to, to be good managers, good stewards with what he has given us. And I think uh, and I share this a lot of times when I'm talking to people, I think in, in probably my first 40 years of my life, he would probably tell me I was a very poor steward. Mm. But I'm looking forward when I meet him at some point in the future to say, hey, these last few years after you got a hold of what you really should be doing, you were a much better steward. I like what you were saying about the 10, 10, 80, and that should be a goal for people to be able to move towards. But as I'm working with parents with young kids, and sometimes I'll get a chance to talk to a teenager with a new job, I try to teach them to do 20, 20, 60. Yeah. Because if you can do 20, right. 20, 60 when you're young, you'll never have to think about the 10, 10, 80. I never have to think about financial distress or problems Absolutely. or issues and all the other stuff that happens. All right. I tell you what, we're out of time. And I wanted to get into this housing thing and renting versus buying and debt and housing and how far should we go into debt and all that uh, I'll tell you what, we're going to stay here in the studio if you're willing, and we're going to just talk to some friends uh, after we go off the air live. We'll record it, and we'll air this uh, program next week uh, on the 20th and uh, just before Christmas. So uh, I'd love to have you join in. Maybe you have a question for Parkey, uh, financial coach Parkey Thompson here at Intentional Living today. You can call right now or a comment. You can join us at 888 1717. As we wrap up the show today, I want to just mention that uh, coming up on March 1st and 2nd, that's just uh, about a, two and a half months from now, uh, we're just starting to mention the upcoming Intentional Love Marriage Date Nights uh, going to be held at East Lansing, Michigan on the 1st, and then in uh, Auburn Hills, Michigan, in the Detroit metro area on March the 2nd. This is going to be an evening where we take the principles of intentional living and teach them, apply them to your marriage. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to share some stories. And I promise you're going to have the power of one thing as you walk out that door that can change your life. So uh, tickets are available. 
to our Intentional Living listeners at our website. You can find out more at theintentionallife.com. That's theintentionallife.com. I'm Dr. Randy for our entire team here. Thank you for joining us. We're going to be back again uh, next time. We've got, we got a great show coming up next time. I hope you'll join us. And then, of course, the phone lines will remain open. I'd love to talk to you right now. 888-888-1717. Have a great day.